0: Welcome to We're Watching What? I'm your host, Dana, or the DHK as I'm known, and this week we are watching three very different films. We're watching Enola Holmes, The Devil All the Time, and Otto Lange and the Cakes of Versailles. So let's get right into it. First up is Enola Holmes, which just came out on Netflix, and it stars Millie Bobby Brown, who you probably know from Stranger Things, as... Enola Holmes. She's supposed to be the younger sister of Sherlock and Mycroft Holmes. She's very clever, much like her brothers, more along the Sherlock lines than maybe Mycroft, although Mycroft is also very intelligent. She's a very independent young woman. Her mother's played by Helena Bonham Carter, who I thought was actually very fun in this. Sherlock is played by Superman himself, Henry Cavill, and Sam Clayfin from The Hunger Games plays Mycroft Holmes. And It's a fun, it's a fun movie. It's a very fun romp. It's based on a series of novels called the Enola Holmes Mysteries, which means that we are set up for many of them to come, which, funny, interesting fact, I was reading that apparently the Enola Holmes Mysteries were sued by the estate of Sir Arthur Conan Doyle because they are claiming that Sherlock Holmes hadn't fallen into public domain yet. That's a side drama story anyway. But, you know, it's a fun mystery. I do think one of the challenges with any story that revolves around the Holmes figures is that they're too smart for all of this. And I think that Enola Holmes, the film, which is really hard to say, by the way, I think Enola Holmes tries to solve for this by there's a lot of addressing of the camera. And so she's explaining her thought process, which is a thing that uh, other cinematic interpretations of Sherlock Holmes have done before. And I don't know if they're as successful. I don't love them. I love the Benedict Cumberbatch Sherlock. And I think the way that they show him puzzling things out is different than the way the Robert Downey Jr. interpretation does it. So in this case, it's a very direct address to the audience. And there are some pretty clever storytelling ways of doing that but again there is that kind of factor of all of this is going on on a quote higher intelligence level there are some fun interesting feminist themes to it which I'm always a fan of and I think it does them pretty well actually and I like that the brothers are there, not necessarily to save the day. They do play a role in it, but it's really her story. And I think Millie Bobby Brown, you know, as we've seen on Stranger Things, is a really strong actress. This is a more fun role for her. Eleven on Stranger Things gets very serious and sad. And Godzilla was just Lebendo screaming. So I, you know, this is very different. She actually gets to talk. And I always forget that she is British, and so this is her natural accent. She's sweet. She carries the film, obviously. There is, again, some pretty big talent in this. And the fact that she manages to star and hold her own is a very strong sign. Again, much like any Sherlock Holmes-based mystery, there are some plot points where you kind of go, eh, really? Really? Okay, and there are some kind of diversions that the storyline takes that I'm, I'm not 100% sure what the value was, but I still think it's a fun romp, it's a tight two hours, it's very enjoyable, it, you know, if you have Netflix, it's already there, so there's really not a reason not to watch this this weekend. So I'm going to give Enola Holmes 3.9 out of 5. And then very thematically different, we've got The Devil All the Time. And I started watching this very late at night. And I am not someone who's usually capable of staying up late at night. And I thought I was going to fall asleep and then pick it up in the morning. And I stayed up and watched the whole thing. I thought it was very interesting. I think it's very uneven. And there are a lot of problems with it. That being said, so desperate for new content right now that it was still watchable. It has a lot of people in it. You've got Tom Holland, you've got Robert Pattinson, you've got Sebastian Stan, you've got Bill Skarsgård, you've got Harry Melling, who you probably know better as Dudley Dursley, who is having quite a little resurgence this year on Netflix. You've got Riley Keough, you've got Hayley Bennett, you've got Mia Wasikowska, you've got Eliza Scanlon, and you've got Jason Clark. like really just a lot of bigger names in this. And it takes place in this kind of middle of nowhere little town that seems to have more sinister, violent people in it than really any small backwoods town should. But somehow they've all coalesced in this little uh, place, which was very bizarre. And so it's kind of the interweaving of how all these stories, uh, how all these stories and these characters relate to each other it was a little sloppy. It doesn't do the tightest job of weaving them all together, but then once you do figure out how the stories are going to be interconnected, it's a little bit like, eh, all right, I guess. That being said, all the actors in it are pretty strong, and I I looked at it, it's really kind of, three or four different movies strung together th- with a thread and we've seen plenty of movies like that I want to say unfortunately like Crash is the example that people tend to cite but this is sort of hey the first 40 minutes were this and by the way at 40 minutes in I was like oh okay I'm really invested and it usually that is a complaint on my side where I'm like oh my god we're 40 minutes in where is this going but the fact that and this is actually very much counter to antebellum last week where I was like we're 40 minutes in where is this going this was like oh we're 40 minutes in where is this going and how are we going to resolve the rest of this it's a little bit long by the way it's two hours and 20 minutes but I think all the little sort of mini movies within the movie are well done and it's a lot of character confrontations and a lot of just interesting and like much like Enola Holmes this has some narration although it's sort of a more voiceless one than actual um you know two camera from the characters breaking the fourth wall I found it watchable I don't think it's gonna be for everyone it's got some tough themes it's got some a fair amount of violence I don't really want to talk too much about the plot because it sort of starts to disintegrate the second you start to talk about it, I feel like, but it's, it's definitely a character based thing. And, again we are pretty desperate for content right now so Devil All Time on Netflix I think it's, this is one of those ones where if you watch the trailer you'll get a sense whether or not you want to watch this film but if you are intrigued by that I would give it a watch so I'm going to give this 3.6 out of 5 and then the last thing I watched this week was Otto Lange and the Cakes of Versailles which feels like it's aimed at a very niche audience but you know I'm a huge fan of Great British Bake Off I do like cooking stories I love documentaries and so started watching this I wasn't familiar with who Otto Lange was and that's his last name Yotam he's a chef who's now pretty well known in the UK but he's from Jerusalem and he gets sort of commissioned I guess uh, approached by the Metropolitan Museum of Art in New York to participate in an exhibit they had on Versailles and he gets approached by I guess there's a kind of live theater component uh, or department at the Met and or performance and so they brought in all of these chefs to do a supplemental part of the exhibit and so he was in charge of sub-curating all of these chefs to do it and I think the documentary wanted to be a sort of educational piece on Versailles and an educational piece on baking and cooking and that chemistry And, and then there was this whole component of how technology is advancing in the world of baking and people are 3D printing food and the artistry there. And much like baking, you experiment a lot and sometimes you fail, and there were parts of this that definitely failed but if you're a fan of food the parts of it it's very short also by the way it's maybe it's sub hour and a half but the parts of it that were really the most interesting to me were the individual interviews with the other members of the um, sort of assembled team who were participating in this event who each of them how they approached the inspiration of Versailles and the cakes of Versailles and how they applied their culinary art to that and so you've got these people who make crazy jellos and this woman who 3d prints her cakes and all this stuff and then there's a whole sort of mini autobiographical part for Otto Lange which I wish that they'd, they'd actually front loaded. The movie jumps so aggressively into the exhibit that they're putting together and you know just rushes through a bunch of stuff in the beginning that I felt very overwhelmed and then once it let itself breathe a little bit and explained a little bit more about what was going on and who these individuals participating were that's when I was more interested I think this might have been better as maybe a mini series and you explored each of the different chefs and how they've come to be it features people who maybe people in the cooking world know better than I do but I, I there was one familiar name to me it wasn't Lange. it ended up being Dominique Ansel and I was like I don't know why I know this name and then they explained oh he's the guy who created the cronut and I went oh god okay fine. So that should tell you the audience that this is aimed at right? People who are fans of Dominique Ansel and Otto Lange and there is some of the but again some of the work that the chefs were doing was really interesting. There's one woman Janice Wong who's doing crazy stuff. I think it's to use some cooking metaphors it's trying to force too many flavors that are not necessarily complementary together into one recipe and I think if it had separated them out and let them exist on their own, it would have been stronger. But that being said, it's still watchable. Also, do not go into this not having eaten. I hadn't eaten before and I was just starving and I had to pause in the middle. I was like, I just want cake and I know whatever I'm about to eat is not going to equate to any of the things in terms of satisfaction that I'm seeing on the screen because what's being made on screen looks delicious. So eat before if you're gonna watch it. Again, this is one where I say, if you're familiar with the people involved and you know you're gonna be interested, this is for you. If you're not necessarily a fan of the kind of culinary cinematic exploration that this is going through I think you can totally skip this one I'm gonna give it three out of five